Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Huzefa. And today, this is a special message, a special shout out to parents out there everywhere across the U.S., across the world, who really want to spend the time to work with their kids themselves and on their math homework every day after school. And I, of course, I work as a private tutor in addition to doing all these other things that I do, and I love doing that, and a lot of parents hire me because, of course, that is my area of expertise. I love working with kids. I can explain things very clearly, but if you do want to take on, take the onus upon yourself to educate your kids and teach them and help them with math, and you you remember the concepts. I know my dad did, but a lot of, pe- a lot of people forget algebra, geometry, pre-calculus, all these different things. If you remember that and you want to do it, I say go for it. Uh, but the reason why I'm doing this episode, and this episode is is all of it, I'm going to give you a list of seven things to keep in mind, seven tips for parents who are trying to be the math mentor, the math educator in the home. The reason why I want to give these seven tips is because I routinely see parents, when I do see them help or try to intervene, I routinely see them make these types of mistakes over and over and over again. And it's never done with malice, and and that I'm sure of. These things happen, I think, because, and these mistakes are made because of ignorance, because they, I think parents in general don't understand the type of effect or the type of impact certain statements and certain attitudes can have on their kids and their kids' self-esteem, and self-perception. So for parents who are trying to help their kids along with their math homework, I wanted to give this little talk and give my seven tips. So it's going to be a combination of things that you shouldn't do and as along with some things that maybe you're not doing but you could try and incorporate because it could be super helpful. It could make learning fun for your child and make the make the entire – interaction more enjoyable for you if your kid is not upset and and angry and resistant you know resenting what's going on so here are my seven tips okay unfortunately we are going to start with something not to do don't mean to start this on a negative spin but this is something that i see people do all the time and and it's just there's nothing good that comes out of it okay number one on the list when you're trying to explain a concept and let's say your child or student doesn't get it right away. They see no reason. Therefore, I say never say, come on, this is easy. Come on, this is easy. How can you not get this? I really can't think of a lot of things that could make someone feel more frustrated than telling them that something that they're not getting or incapable of doing, at least at the time, that that is an easy thing to do. 
because, and maybe it sounds obvious and intuitive to some of you out there, but I see this happening all the time. And imagine if as an adult in your, in whatever you're doing on a daily basis, if somebody said that to you, somebody said, you're not able to do something and why can't you do it? This is so easy. So it's, it's, and I think a lot of times it can, it's being said, meaning to encourage a child, meaning to say, Hey, come on, I know you can do it. This isn't that hard. You're going to be fine. But I think a lot of times it has the opposite effect. It can make somebody feel insecure or sensitive about their abilities, capabilities, etc. So I implore you, if you're listening out there, to try not to say that going forward, especially when something is difficult to grasp at the first go around, because I think usually it has that negative impact and that negative connotation. So that's the first tip. Try not to say this is easy. Instead, they can't understand it again. Try and readjust. Try and explain it a different way. If you don't have experience teaching, I know sometimes this can be tricky, but do your best to try and be flexible and dynamic as you are trying to explain new concepts. All right, number two. Again, another thing not to do. Try not to judge a student for not doing things your way. Sometimes, actually very often, Kids might be struggling with math because their method of preparation is not correct. I recently had a student who was studying by reviewing his or her notes, right? So reviewing the notes, but I'm not actually doing practice problems the night before. I mean, this has happened dozens of times where I've encountered a student and, and that's their methodology. And... It doesn't work in math. It works fine in history. It works fine in biology, but it doesn't work with math at all. And if you are to figure out, for example, that your child is preparing inadequately, or maybe not even maybe not even preparing inadequately, but just not preparing the way that you would want them to prepare, that's another thing that I would say that. You, you're welcome to, you know, I would encourage you, of course, to give advice, give your take, but I, I would stop short of attempting to force your child to adopt your means of preparation. Because, of course, I don't have to tell you guys this, I'm sure you see if you try and force, some, force your child to do something, they're naturally going to want to resist. And so why that is, I, I don't know exactly, but it's a common thing. I felt the same way when I was a kid. And I felt like my parents were trying to push things on me. And I know they were always doing it with the best intentions, but it's just a natural inclination. So if you, if, if something is not being done exactly right, my, not even exactly right, sorry, that's not, the right, that's not the right words to use. If something is not being done exactly the way that you would do it or you think would be best, I suggest that instead of essentially lambasting the child and saying, that they should really adopt what you're doing or they're doing it the wrong way, something along those lines, I would suggest what you, you know, put, put forward what you think is the best way. And if they adopt it, fine. If they don't, I would let it go. Another, a big process in learning is simply trying things and making mistakes. And I know parents always say, and lots of people always say, hey, I don't want you to make the same mistakes I did. I want you to learn from my mistakes. And while that sounds nice in theory, it doesn't always work like that. We, it's just not how human beings are wired. There's certain things that we can learn from parents or from other people 
that will help us basically mature more quickly than if we had to go through these experiences ourselves. But sometimes it just it just doesn't work that way. And again, I don't know why this is, but I see it all the time. So you have to be, and then you have to be willing to let go and let kids try it their own way for a certain period of time. And maybe they'll have a revelation to say, hey, I, I want to try something a little bit differently. And maybe you're not the one that they want to hear it from. They may want to hear it from somebody else, a teacher, what have you. But anyways, the point is, that try and hold yourself back from just pushing, pushing, pushing. Uh, what what can happen is that what can happen is it's it's like if if that happens more and more and more, and a child is being resistant, the resistance is just going to increase, and then they're going to eventually just not want to try it your way at all, no matter what, even if they hear it from somebody else down the line, or even if they need to adopt that methodology for the sake of their grades, they're just going to want to not do it. And I believe the reason why is because they've been told this for so long and they feel like it's being crammed down their throat and they almost want to want to prove you wrong (laughs) in a way. And so they want to do it in spite of what you said in a different way and show you, hey, I did it my way and it worked. And then it becomes this really negative energy and this really negative approach. So anyways, I know it's frustrating when you know pretty sure that the way that you, what you're advocating is probably best and they don't want to take it. But just hear me out on that front because I think it can often do more harm than good even if you're trying to promote something that is really beneficial. Okay, that is number two. Now number three... Make sure to provide positive reinforcement and acknowledge good results. So you might be saying that this is obvious, and of course you would do that. Of course you would be excited if a good grade comes home. But what is a good grade? That is a a subjective thing. Some parents might be really happy with a C, some with a B, some with an A. It just depends on a starting point and... Really, it's about personal growth, self-development, and improvement. And I think that's what we are all striving for, even as adults, is continual improvement in all walks of life, whether it's athletics, whether it is knowledge, whether it is our own ability to control ourselves in certain ways and be better, kinder people. So it's I, I, I what I'm encouraging here is to look really deeply into whatever your child is doing. It doesn't even have to be a test result. It can just be a method of preparation, putting in more time than the last exam, the last go around. Even if the results don't come out the way you would expect, putting in a heightened effort still deserves kudos and still deserves some recognition. So I would say for each little step, And of course, you want it to be sincere. I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting that you celebrate things that you actually, that are completely inconsequential, that will, that will seem a bit bizarre. But I what I'm trying to say is try to, try to see the positive and the good in different things that you normally wouldn't acknowledge. Try and recognize these things. All right, number four, try using different tools and mechanisms to teach your child if he or she is having difficulty. This can be a little tough if you don't have a background in education or you're not familiar with the different ways to teach. I think what happens is a lot of times parents, when they try and teach their kids, they remember learning things a certain way that worked for them 
and they remember this one way that it was taught, and they want to teach it exactly that same way. And the problem is that, of course, if your child has a, a learning style that is different from yours, and the last episode we talked about learning styles, so check that out. There's seven. Check that out if you haven't yet to hear all the different learning types and learning styles. But if they have something that is very different from the way, if they learn in a drastically different way than you, it, there might be a disconnect when you're trying to explain concepts. So that is another thing to keep in mind. Try and be flexible. Now, there's a plethora of tools out there that can be used to teach math in all, all different ways. And there's different environments that you can try. There's, d- depending on your child, whether they're an intrapersonal learner versus an interpersonal learner, one child may thrive in a more secluded environment, while others may thrive in a more vibrant environment, a more socially active environment, coffee shop versus a library. So think about all these different things and try and be dynamic. It doesn't have to be, learning doesn't have to happen exactly how it happened for you. It can happen in a multitude of ways that can have varying levels of efficiency and absorption. So try and keep that in mind. I know it's hard. I know it's super, super hard, but try and be open-minded on that front. Number five, recognize when your child is tired, tired, exhausted, spent, however you want to phrase it or view it, it's hard to focus. It's hard to do work when you feel exhausted, when you're feeling burnt out. And we have sort of built up as adults, I think we've built up a little bit of immunity, not complete immunity, but a little bit of immunity to to feeling exhausted in the sense that we're able to push through. A lot of times just out of obligation, we have to. And we're accustomed to that. So it doesn't seem so hard for us. But I think that's another place where we forget how difficult that same thing was to do when we were children. I think when we're children, when we're younger, we're not as patient. We're not as able to override our emotions. Uh, I can even see that difference in people in their 20s versus people in their 30s versus people in their 40s. Our ability to control our emotions and moreover, act in spite of our emotions is a learned skill that I believe develops after you go through a number of different types of experiences and emotions and relationship development and destruction, having friends, having girlfriends, boyfriends, breaking up, all that stuff. I think all of that contributes to a stronger psyche and emotional state. And then we lose sight of the fact that once we're at that point, it used to be so, 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 so hard. So my point is, is that if a child reaches that point, I know you want to, you want to give a little bit of a push. You want to urge them to try and keep going. But also bear in mind that it can be tough. And it can be tougher for your child than even it was for you at that age. We don't know. We're all different. So keep that in mind. And I would say try out some different times. If they seem to get tired in the evening, try starting the work earlier or see if you can rearrange things on the weekends to try some different times to see when you can work with your child where their focus will be at the highest level and your interactions will be the smoothest. Play around with that. Be flexible. Of course, you want to motivate and push your kids to work through some exhaustion, some tiredness, but bear in mind that you don't want to push too much and try to remember it was tough. It was tough. 
All right, next one. Huge. This number six. Almost could have been number one, actually. Allow your child to try, fail, and try again. Let your kid make mistakes, basically. When you are teaching, I think the natural inclination, especially when you know the answer, when you know how to do something, man, you want to jump in there. And as soon as a mistake is made, you want to jump in and say, wait, 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 no, you missed that. You're supposed to multiply by seven, not four. Go back, try it again. And if if you're a bit too eager and you jump on that mistake right when it happens, you're robbing your child of a very, very valuable learning, learning lesson, learning experience. So this is a strategy that I employ all the time, and I encourage you to try it as well. As they're going through, let's say, a variable isolation problem, and you see them make an incorrect step, take an incorrect step, let's say the divide instead of multiplier, whatever it is, let them keep going. Don't say anything. Let them keep going. Let them keep working. Let them find the answer. Then at the end, say, okay, now remember the process is because your kids should always be testing the, the answers once they, once they solve a variable isolation problem. Like, okay, now don't forget, you got to plug that value back in, see if it's correct, see if what you did is right. Let them now replug that in and then find the mistake themselves and then be like, oh, well, it doesn't work. If they really ask you and they can't figure it out, fine. But to the whatever extent possible, let them do it. Let them solve the equation again. Be like, okay, now try it one more time. And so you must have made a mistake somewhere. See if you can catch it. I'd say just start over one more time and go through it again. It's such a huge thing. And I think it's it's again that same mentality. You don't want to you don't want your kids making these types of mistakes. If you see it, you want to help. But sometimes that helping it can shortchange the the education and all the amazing information that a child could otherwise get. A math professor once told me that math is all about the struggle. And I couldn't agree more. I still remember that to this day. It's all about the struggle. That's when you learn. You learn when you spend five or 10 minutes on a problem that should take you 30 seconds because you just can't figure out one thing. You figure it out. You finish it. You know you got it right. You feel good. Now you're not going to forget that again, as opposed to you're about to make, you make a mistake and immediately it's pointed out to you. Oh, okay, cool. You just change it and keep going. That's not going to be burned into your brain as deeply as if it's something that you're trying to really work through. The same can be said of, of programming, computer science. Remember, we would spend days, literally two, three days straight in the computer lab, going home to sleep a little bit, coming back until we had a we had submitted the program and gotten full marks for it because it was basically like you'd submit it and there what's called an auto grader it would test the program and if it passed all these tests you'd get 100%. You learn so much in that time where the program is not compiling or the program is giving you results that aren't correct and trying to figure out and tinker with it and change the code and what's going on, why is this loop not working? That is such valuable time that all these concepts are almost being learned subconsciously and being ingrained so deeply. So anyways, allow your child to try and make mistakes. And that again goes back to being super, super patient when you're working with your child. Number seven, 
And this is what I will end on. Also very important. Please, please, please do not make do not make it all about the grades. Instead, make it about the process and preparation. I think you know what I mean, but if you don't, I'll say it anyways. Try not to emphasize the results. Because if you have an outcome-focused mind, it's a dangerous, dangerous path. Really, at the end of the day, and this is in all walks of life, whatever we're trying to do, whether we're trying to improve in athletics, academics, whatever, the key to good outcomes or to good results or being able to get what we want is, in fact, practice, repetition, diligence, devotion, etc. It's all about the process. And the results will eventually come with that. But by the way, the results are not guaranteed. So you could study all night and you could still make a, a couple of silly mistakes on a math test and get a B or a C or what have you when you know you should have gotten an A. Get a 6 or 500 on the SAT when you know you could have gotten an 800. Sometimes that's going to happen and we can't always prevent it. That's not what we focus on. What we focus on is making sure that the process is done correctly, that the studying is done effectively in the right way, the right amount of time is spent on it, the urge or the desire to do well hopefully is there. I mean, that in and of itself is something to celebrate. I know I have a bunch of students that, hey, they may not always get exactly the result that they want, but man, I mean, and I can tell you because I've seen it the other way. I've seen kids that just don't want to get good grades. They just don't care. And just fine to each his own. But just having that desire, that's something to celebrate as well. So the idea is pay attention to the things that really matter. And what I believe matters is the process, is following a good methodology and really just striving to do your best. And that in and of itself is good enough. The results, don't worry about that. But the, the silver lining is that the, if you are process-focused, eventually the outcomes will likely follow. So that's basically the gist of it. Those are my seven tips. I hope they're helpful, and I hope you try and employ these tips if you're not, if you're not already. And if you are having a bit of a tumultuous relationship with your child when you do try and sit down and work through math problems, I, I definitely encourage you to try this stuff out and see if it'll work. You know, I I just remember there's one thing I wanted to mention uh, on the last point on number seven, making it about the process versus the results. This is something my dad would always say. And it was all about, he used to say something along the lines of what, as soon as you take a test or sorry, not as soon as you take a test, as soon as you finish studying the, the night before a test, so you, you do your work, you, you study all week, you do your practice problems, whatever it takes as soon as you finish, you're, that's the moment where you can celebrate, essentially. That's the moment where you say, okay, I've done everything I can do. Now, once you go and you take the test, once you're, once you're done studying, that's it. That's when you let go because you can't necessarily control the outcome in that respect. You can't necessarily control what's going to happen on test day. You can presume with a great likelihood that things will go well. You can never be sure. So that's the moment when you stop worrying. Now you put in the work. Now you should be happy, no matter what happens on the test. Anyways, and I always thought that was great advice. And that's essentially what I'm trying to say here is just regurgitate 
what my what my dad told me once upon a time back I think when I was in middle school or, or something. <laughs> so anyways, great advice for my dad, passing it along to you guys. Again, that is it. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you want to check out the show notes, go to www.scalerlearning.com. Show notes are posted there all the time. This summer, again, for the summer of 2016, we're dropping one episode every day. So tune back in regularly to this podcast for more information on everything education-related. I hope you had a good time. Hope you enjoyed it. See y'all next episode. Take it easy. Learning, give me that skill and learning. Give me that skill and learning.